Hey there, I'm Andrew Kuman, the host of Things I Said Out Loud, a podcast that celebrates words, and is an audio companion to my Substack newsletter, Things I Wrote Down. It's a place where I share original content, articles, and stories. These thoughts from my head and heart land right in your email inbox when you subscribe at andrewkuman.substack.com. Thanks for spending a portion of your day with me. I hope you leave this episode encouraged and inspired. Now, let's jump right into it. Lately, I've been revisiting my bookshelf for books to go back to. You see, I have a curated list of go-to publications that I know will never let me down, especially for night reading. Since I combined books with Petra when we got married eight years ago, I inherited a number of titles I've never read. We recently moved our go-to shelf out of the basement office and into our open concept living space in the basement. We added doors to our Ikea Billy shelves, which has really elevated the look. On a rainy day in early July, when we found some time to get out of the office and go to Port Stanley, we also found some really great hardware at an eclectic little gift shop we like to visit with coffees in hand. So, visiting this bookshelf in its new area is even more enjoyable these days. The new glass doors, the new location, the handles. I live an exciting life, my friends. So, I took a book off the shelf the other night that I've never read and that I inherited from Pate. It's The Cross in the switchblade. I should be clear from the start of this episode, though, I'm not quite sure yet if this is a book pod about the story of Dave Wilkerson and how he founded Teen Challenge and what's taken place globally as a result, or if it's a chance to obsess, and I mean obsess, over the writing and impact of John and Elizabeth Sherrill, who co-authored the book. See, I'd never read The Cross and the Switchblade before, but I have read The Sherrills, and this slim volume stood out to me when I opened our glass and case door the other night. I knew of Nikki Cruz, who's featured heavily in the book and was one of the first people David encountered on the streets of New York and who overcame a life of violence and desperation. Not quite sure how I knew of him, but I knew of him. Vaguely, I remember seeing clips of a film about street gangs as a child at Knox Presbyterian Church in Red Deer, but I didn't really know this story. But when I saw that the autobiography was co-authored by John and Elizabeth Sherrill, I was sold. The dynamic writing couple co-authored Corey Tenboom's autobiographical story, The Hiding Place. They also helped to pen the thrilling autobiography by Brother Andrew, the famous book, God Smuggler. Both of these stories deeply impacted me in my youth. How fascinating it was for me to learn that the Sherrills were part of telling this story. Their edge-of-the-seat, factual, trim narrative is what you can expect when you read The Cross and the Switchblade. The author, or the authors, I guess, don't pull punches, and the writing is not sentimental. I think that's what I appreciate most about this book. There's a real honesty and humility about the story as it is told. It unfolds in real time as, step-by-step, David Wilkerson discovers his strange and unique calling away from the safe country church where his young family has settled and moves to the violent streets of New York. In the book, David is self-deprecating and authentic as he stumbles into the work of reaching violent gangs in New York City in the 1950s and 60s. Heroin is the drug of choice, and the world around it is brutal in every way. When David sees the faces of a teenage boy in a newspaper, a boy who is on trial for the murder of a disabled kid in Central Park, David Wilkerson is moved, so much so that he jumps in a car to drive into the city and try to connect with the boy at the trial. 
he fails at this. He fails at it with great personal cost and embarrassment. And it's a key moment in his life and in the narrative that opens up an unexpected door for outreach. This strange but unignorable sensation that prompted him is really a prompting from heaven. And it's a motif of the book. And as readers, we walk with him through the moment and moment after moment as he learns to discern the prompts and walk out in enormous faith, stumbling imperfectly towards a very real calling to help troubled teens that are in gangs. If you're familiar with Team Challenge, and I wasn't before I read this book, except for a vague sense of what they do, you may be surprised to see how this global ministry started. From the prompt late at night, as he read the newspaper about a court case, a signal from heaven that was impossible to ignore. To ignore. That's how this whole global ministry started. The book is a fascinating look at a simple life of faith. It's not a perfect path that David Wilkerson walks throughout the pages, and while miracles and supernatural events occur, the author keeps the story very much grounded in the limitations and flesh and blood reality of life. People who don't believe in miracles shouldn't pray for them is a takeaway line of the book. That zinger is from David's wife Gwen, who deadpans those words to Wilkerson after he shares his shock with her after preaching to gang leaders on the street of a high stakes and an uncomfortable encounter. They had accepted his message and fallen to their knees in tears, desiring to give their lives to God, and David didn't know what to do about it. As he establishes his work in New York, there's never big surpluses in the bank account. In fact, there's barely or never enough money to make the ministry work. There are no snapping fingers setting things aright. Even as sensational things take place, there is an enormity to challenges so that God truly stands apart as the hero. This isn't a narrative of some unapproachable giant of the faith, but as you read, you can almost imagine yourself in David's shoes taking step after timid step into the unknown. Meeting the first drug-addicted teens, facing the overwhelming world of violence, addiction, and its endless and seemingly indefatigable pattern. The sheepishness of reaching out a hand to bring some sort of hope in the darkest of situations, the amazement that God breaks into the darkness and transforms lives. I think if you read the book, you'll leave it, at very least, with a glimpse of the sanctity of human life and how the image of God in humanity is beautiful and worth fighting for, protecting, and salvaging at any cost. And it will challenge you too. Seeing what these illegal narcotics do to young lives is brutal and terrifying. The powerlessness of poverty and addiction looms large, and David and his young team face it every day. And what emerges is also challenging. The Jesus factor, as David Wilkerson defines it, is something that is undeniable as you read and the thing that makes the ultimate difference. But even after radical and miraculous transformation, there are surprising and discouraging setbacks. And the lessons here about discipleship, the spirit-led life, and the long walk of recovery is eye-opening something that requires a team, resources of time and personal connection, and years of follow-up. I think the book seems especially relevant in the midst of the crisis of synthetic opioids like fentanyl that's upon us in our day, and you can't help but recognize the need for this type of outreach. The postscript to the 50th year anniversary edition, which I read, was wonderful and has this lovely note from John and Elizabeth Sherrill about their surprise at how the book was received, how it became a key way that the ministry was shared, helped it gain exposure and spread word about it around the world. And that was really nice to read. So 
If you like to read about writing or you like stories of how great things start from their inception, you'll find The Cross and the Switchblade a fascinating and an uplifting book. And I hope you check it out. And if you do, let me know what you think. Thanks for tuning into Things I Said Out Loud. If you haven't yet, make sure you jump over to my Substack page and subscribe to my newsletter. Just go to andrewkuman.substack.com. That way you'll get original content and encouragement delivered right to your inbox. I like to write on themes of creativity, faith, and how those things collide in the real world. You can also just search for the newsletter on Substack. It's called Things I Wrote Down. While you're there, make sure you also visit Unveil's newsletter, where you can geek out with my brothers Matthew and Daniel Kuman and I as we share our filmmaking journey and our new adventure as we grow our streaming service, Unveil TV. That's unveil.substack.com. You can always find the links in my show notes. Thanks again. I'm so grateful that you shared part of your day with me. I hope you leave this episode with some inspiration and encouragement. And that you can go find some time today to get lost in words.